You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. My name is Josh Gray. I get the privilege of being the uh, lead servant here at this church, and I'm honored to do so. Um, we're going to kind of go recap a journey of where we've been. We've been on a pathway to this collision course to today for the last several weeks at our church. Today, we celebrate. Today's different. You know why it's different? Because I'm wearing a suit. Well, not really a suit. <laughs> not really a suit. I tried to wear a suit, but it shrank. Um, apparently, stuff shrinks somehow, some way, so I got to figure out what I can fit into. And then I found these pants, and they were like for when I was real fat, so I was like, oh, I'm thrilled. I'm so thrilled that I could wear these. Um, but I'm not going to be able to make it through the whole service wearing this. So, Captain, could you take this? Thanks, brother. All right. It's a special day. This is not like any other ordinary day. Some of you decided to come here today because it's not an ordinary day. It's something that you do. You celebrate this thing called Resurrection Sunday because you remember specifically on this day that there was something special. There's a rescue plan that God put in place. It's available. But you have to want it. And this plan was accomplished through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. So let's start off in Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. If you have your Bibles, you can open that up. If not, we will provide it through this fabulous technology on the screen. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from, the time, from, from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is foreshadowing of a reunion of something that will happen that will be really, really special. And they are looking for this. God's people were looking for this. It reminds me of other types of reunions. I don't know about you guys, but I am a sucker for those military reunion videos on uh, YouTube. Like, I'm the guy sitting there 16 minutes later just crying like a baby. And I asked myself, what is it? Like, what is it that that would captivate my heart? What happens when there's a reunion of souls? What pulls on my tear ducts? You see those pictures of, of the, the uh, soldier, the, the, the male or female soldier sneaking up on mom, and mom's in a restaurant, and she's just having a restaurant she doesn't know, and then uh, they come as the server, and mom does a double take, and she jumps up, and she embraces her son or daughter because something was missing. There was something missing. 
And you see that with the kids when they're in their classroom and the dad or mom comes home uh, from the service and they're not expecting it and they haven't seen their mom for six or seven months and mom comes around the corner and, and wow, tears flowing. You see that with, with fathers and daughters and the daughter is doing some cheerleading thing and she sees her dad in the middle of the field and she just runs as fast as she can and leaps and collapses her arm around her father. It's a reunion. Do you know, I can imagine that that's the way that your father in heaven feels about you. He's wondering, looking, seeking, hoping, when is this reunion going to happen? So we've been on a journey at our church talking about how God makes a way, how God uh, is is the God of restoration, and he's trying to restore those. So you kind of got... Uh, 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 oh, let me tell you one more thing, one more quick piece. So my restoration story, and one of my more recent ones, was with my son. And so my wife and I went to my son's uh, graduation, recent, like, seems recent, but it's like a year and a half ago, last October. And we went to his graduation, and I hadn't seen my son for a long time. At least it felt that way. It's the Air Force, it's only eight weeks, but you Marines are like sissies. Basic camp. So no, it's not a real long thing. It's like the bus driver uniform. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I remember we got there early. We're like so early. Like we're the first parents there because we haven't seen our baby boy in forever. And so we're just like, we're looking. We might see him. No, we're not going to see him. But like we're just there just in case. We want to get in the right spot so we could see him. And we're there for hours in Texas in October and it's hot and humid anyway. And so we're there and, and I remember looking and he's going to be the, the knights. They're the mighty knights, TRS 325. They're the purple shirt people is all I needed to know. And there's like six or 700 people that graduated these things like almost every week. It's pretty weird. And so you're like looking, looking, looking. Finally, you see somebody way off and they're running and they're doing their like, I think they call them Jodies or whatever. They're doing their march and you're just like, oh, that, okay, that's the red people. They're not ours. You know, oh, that's the gray people. Oh, that black... Okay, what, that shirt? No, that shirt, that shirt, that shirt, that shirt. And oh, there's the purple shirts. They're coming. And just anticipation city. And so we see him, and he told us kind of where he'd be because he's in the front four rows and all those things. And then we see him. And as I see my son, I'm crying like a baby, and my arms are up and down, and he kind of gives us like the nod, like weird father, you know. But I'm just tears, like there's a reunion piece. God wants to reunite with you. Every day, every hour, every moment of your life, he is looking like that. So you're kind of wondering, we got ropes, you got some weird gift when you came in, didn't you? How many people got a keychain? You're like, thanks, I think I got a keychain. It's got really cool colors, though, because it's real-life colors. I ran a sweatshop, I mean, a volunteer, a volunteer opportunity for our staff. Um, carpal tunnel included. We have candles. We were burning ends, all kinds of things. If you have any messed up ones, those are the ones I did. We're like, it'll take us an hour. No, more like four. But we wanted you to leave with something, and we've been talking about it this whole time. We've been talking about that God makes a way. And so we, you should have five knots in yours unless I did it. Um, then tie another one. But we want you to remember the handholds that God has been making away for a long time for you and I.
And this first handhold that we talked about was this Noahic covenant. God was looking for someone who was looking for, for him. And he finds this one man. And he's like, and, it, and if you remember in the text, if you remember that sermon, talk about how God is angry and all those things, but then he's heartbroken. God is sad because he sees how his creation is treating each other. And he wants to destroy it, but he finds one man. And he's like, all right, I will partner with you. And so we have a knot of the Noahic covenant. It's, a, it's our first handhold. Now, God is not the God who's like, oh, oh, Josh, you almost got that. Come on, come on. Oh, sorry. That's not who our God is. Our God sees brokenness. He sees heartaches. He sees all the things, and he will make a way. He is a God of restoration. The next knot that we have, and it's like we sweep through like hundreds of years, but it's okay. Next knot we have is this Abrahamic covenant. Abraham, God sees a family. And he sees a man named Abraham who is the son of an idol maker. He makes idols and he says, he says, Abraham, I want to be your God. Singular one God. I will show you what's different about this God than the gods that you're making idols for. The gods that take, the gods that, that, that steal, the gods that, that demand, 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 demand. I want to be your God. I almost propose to you. I want to be your God. And all nations will be blessed through you. And then the next covenant that we moved to was this Mosaic covenant. Now, these first two were, uh, in a sense, God was just coming down and making those. This Mosaic covenant, God said, we need to make a covenant together. This is a partnership. And I want you, Moses, since you've led my people uh, out of, I want you to, 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 I want this nation be my, we go from a man to a family to the nation. I will be your God and you will be my people. And this is what we are to look like. And they created 613 different laws to show God how much they love him. God wanted to be the God of that nation. And then we go, just skipping along through a couple hundred more, more years, right? To David. And we have this thing called the Davidic covenant. Now, David is a man after God's own what else is David? He's an adulterer. He's a murderer. He's, he's all of these things that maybe some of us could identify with. Hopefully don't admit that right now. But yeah, like all of these things that he, we could identify with, how could that be a man after God's own heart? And how could I learn how to be a man after God's own heart? And God says, through that kind of attitude, through that kind of heart, through that kind of a person who will make those mistakes and turn to me, we have David's prayer journal called the book of the Psalms, right? We have this prayer journal of just these heart-wrenching letters or these, these things where he's talking to God all the time. And God's like, I can use that. And that leads us to our final knot, as we have five to another covenant, a everlasting covenant, a new covenant. We have a God who loves us very much. He has made a way for you. More than through one, fam one man, 
more than one through one family, more than through one nation. He has made a way for you. So as you think about this new covenant this year, this leads us to today so much deeper than the, the eggs and candy and cute outfits. I don't think many people would describe this as a cute outfit, but you know. Hold on just one second. Okay. Today we celebrate a new covenant that we get to choose to be a part of. A creator God so passionate that he makes a way for all of his creation. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus, he is the fulfillment of prophecy. He was born of a virgin. He studied as a child. He led a sinless life. He fasted and he prayed as he grew up. He fought against temptation. He taught with authority. He was baptized. He invites, he, he invites people who are considered out. He, hang out. he hangs out with the outcast. So do I. Good, good, got you, got you. Thanks, buddy. He challenged the religious elite. He challenged his followers. He brought hope and healing. He extended grace. And he claimed to be God. And this led to him being crucified on a cross. Join me in Matthew 28, 1 through 10. So this is on the heels of that crucifixion. They're waiting to get his body because Sabbath happened and you wouldn't get a body on Sabbath. So after Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him now. I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee where they will see me. This is better than a bank shot three-point, three-point bank shot. This is a bigger deal than what happened yesterday. This is a bigger deal than every NCAA tournament highlight. This is a bigger deal than any touchdown that you ever made or somebody else ever made. This is like Jesus, like he didn't even bake it, he swished it. This is a celebration. I feel like I'm yelling. I'm sorry. It's kind of an excitement yell. It's an excitement yell. This is a celebration. I don't know if we know how to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. 
I know how to celebrate all kinds of every, every other things. Whenever the Seahawks, I remember the Seahawks when they won something in 2015, the people cheered so loudly that it registered as an earthquake. From 12 men on a, or 11 men on the field chasing that heathen pigskin. This is a big deal. He rose from the dead. He was seen by many and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He shows us what it will be like to be in complete unity with God. So for all those who came before us and for all of us today and all those who choose to accept this in the future, he did this to provide a way to live in union with God. This God wants to be in a relationship with you. Right where you sit. He doesn't want you to know about him. He doesn't want you just to, like you should read about him. But it's not an intellectual relationship. That's a piece of it. But he doesn't want just your mind. He wants all of you. He wants your heart. He wants your hands. He has a plan for you. We'll read later about that. You are God's handiwork. You were created to do good works. He's got a plan for you. You know why? Because he wants you to welcome other people home. He wants you to help with those reunions. He wants to have billions and billions and billions of those military embrace moments with you and the people that you know, and he wants to work through you. He declares you righteous. Oh, Josh, you don't know what I've done. No, I don't. But I know what David did. I think you're okay. He declares you righteous. All that stuff in your past, all that stuff in your present, all that stuff in your future, he's made a way. He says, come home. Come home. So we have a part in this. Our part is choosing to believe. We acknowledge where we've messed up like David did and then we have the heart like David to come back to the Lord after every time we mess up. Every time we come back and we come back hard. That is what the Father is looking for. So we have a part in this. Letting God's spirit guide us. When God, when he, when he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he sent us a wise counselor called the Holy Spirit. He didn't leave you alone. He gave you a gift. Followers of Jesus forming a community of folks committed to following him and being changed by him. Matthew 4, 19, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He wants, do you have a plan? He has a plan for you. He wants to. He wants to mold you and create you and change you. There's little rough pieces on you, right? That we need to chip off because God has a plan. We live out what we say and we believe. We look at people through the lens of the gospel. Do you look at people with potential and you're like, man, I am looking at a miracle. I am looking at somebody that is amazing, that God has got some amazing things to do. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my goodness. You will touch so many lives. Are you willing to be used by him? So as I was studying for this week, this one verse just kept 
coming after me. And it's, this is a very, this is just, just the level of depth that I have on an Easter sermon is just amazing. Check this out. So this is John. He, uh, uh, or in John and Jesus is, uh, come after Lazarus has supposedly passed away and the girls are, are pretty, pretty, pretty messed up about it. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Are you, are you just flabbergasted by the depth of Jesus' teaching here? Do you believe do you believe it's for you? Do you believe it's for now? If you do, welcome home. But God has a plan and a purpose for you. And it's not about a church building. It's not about showing up on a Sunday. It's not about wearing a tie, all those things. It's about everything that happens outside of these walls. It's about when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground and you're like, thank you, Lord. How can you use me today? We're not trying to build a bigger church and have more buildings and have all like that cool stuff. Like we're fine, whatever we're doing. We're, we're trying to follow Jesus. And we're trying to have other folks follow Jesus. And he's got things he's inspiring you. There's things in your heart right now that, that God can unfold. Are you going to chase it? Do you believe it? I hope you do. Because I'm cheering. I'm on the side. I'm like, yes, let's do it together. The cross is the victory over death and evil. It is a source of life and power for us now. It is a promise of a future hope for the whole world. I want to finish up quickly here with this. Ephesians 2, 4 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raises us up with Christ and are seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not from yourselves. This is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Here you go, guys, right here. This is for you. Do you believe in, in this one? For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, works which God has prepared for us to do in advance. He has stuff that he has prepared for, for you to do in advance. Do you believe it? Do you dare? This is the God of Noah. This is the God of Abraham. This is the God of Moses. This is the, the God uh, of David. And he sent his son to overcome death. This is the God who wants to bring restoration to the broken parts of your life. He wants to walk with you. He wanted to walk with Noah. He wanted to walk with Abraham and all of Abraham's descendants. He wanted to walk with Moses. He wanted a heart like David. And he loved you so much, he gave you his son. And all that he asks is that you would believe and follow. That's what he asks. This is a God of restoring, restoration. This is a God who always, this God always makes a way for you and me. 
Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.